This summer, the preeminent advocacy group in the Adirondacks, the Adirondack Council, got a new leader as Deputy Director Raul Aguirre was elevated to Executive Director, and he joins us on the Capitol Press Room to discuss his new job. Welcome back to the show, Rocky, and uh, congrats on the promotion. David, appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And it's our pleasure to have you. So for starters, why did you want to be the head of the Adirondack Council? What, what did you find appealing about uh, the top job there? You know, I started my co- career in conservation um, 28 years ago, maybe even longer than that, as a student at SUNY Cortland at Racket Lake, um, looking specifically at resource management, uh, recreational management. I then went on 28 years working in that field, open space protection, all across the country before I came back to the council. To say that the Adirondacks as a region is at the forefront of all of the most pressing resource management, um, state lands management issues, community engagement issues in terms of protected landscapes, it was a no-brainer to step into this position. Um, it really combines my love of wilderness, love of outdoors, love of the region. It really brought me back full circle, and I'm excited about the opportunity to step into the leadership role. It lets me bring all of that experience to bear working for the organization that I've been committed to for the last 10 years. Well, from either a short-term or long-term perspective, what are one or two of your top priorities for the council? You hear this a lot from the Adirondack Council and from a lot of our partners that we need better funding for the park. Um, And what that means is funding not just for the -the on-the-ground resources like staff and and, and, um, trucks and, you know, tools and all of that, but really to make sure that our agencies are fully funded, that they have the staffing resources and the technical expertise to do the job. Uh, of managing a 6 million acre park, uh, especially one that's as unique as the Adirondacks. I think along that uh, lines is the idea of better park management and really treating the park and managing the park as a park. Um, Coming from a National Park Service background, I appreciate the challenges that agencies are under to meet those mandates around public lands management. But I think that we really can step into a space where um, the agencies that that have typically done a great job managing the resources of the park can really step into a new generation and a new model of management. And the state's doing that. And we've seen incredible investments from the governor, from the DEC commissioner, Sagos. Folks know what's involved and are adequately starting to address those, those challenges we just want to make sure that 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 we don't let the foot off the gas and that we keep pushing forward on these issues. Well, how about on the policy front? Is there anything that the Adirondack Council wants to see done differently in terms of the state's regulations of the state park? So there's a ton of things that come back to um, the legislative front. And, you know, we're grateful to see funding for projects like SCALE, which looks at, you know, monitoring climate change impacts on lakes across the Adirondacks. Climate change is such a critical piece of what we're looking at and dealing with here, um, particularly in light of just the recent flooding that we've had here and in Vermont, um, all of the impacts from Canadian wildfires seeing those tools stay in place to help us monitor um, the conditions, the air quality, water quality across the Adirondacks and the Northern Forest region 
are essential. So making sure that that um, that scale project um, monitoring and data collection funding stays strong, clearly a high priority for us. Um, we'd love to see the road salt report come out and to see some of those recommendations come into being and take on legislative weight and see some real action there. I think we're really proactive around seeing invasives and seeing how we can improve our boat inspection policies and things like that. And then just really getting into nuts and bolts around septic systems and water quality and how that really helps to create strong communities. And without those sorts of basic infrastructures across the park, we really will be challenged to sort of make the region as a whole all that it can be when it comes to integrating the recreational assets that we have with the community assets to serve, you know, visitors and residents alike. I have to circle back to something you mentioned there, which is this uh, long overdue report from uh, the state's uh, Adirondack Road Salt Reduction Task Force. A couple months ago, we talked with a member about this issue uh, when it was already late and he didn't really have a good answer as to why the report isn't out. This is a bit of a tangent, but do you have any idea about what's going on with this report and why it seems to be perennially shoved in a drawer, never to be seen? I like to be optimistic and say that the report is significant enough that the state wants to make sure they're doing it right. And that's the delay. I would also say that the communities that are affected by road salt, particularly in the Adirondacks, don't have time. And that we do need to see that report be released. We do need to spend the time digging into what the recommendations potentially offer. We don't have any more of a formal sense of when that report will be released. We just know that it's critical that it gets released. It was a tremendous step from all the agencies and stakeholders involved to be a part of that, to put the time and energy into creating that report. It's time for that report to be released and for those of us that are directly impacted by it to start to take action. Well, sticking with the interactions with state government, how do you plan on maintaining or growing the Adirondack Council's influence uh, here at the Halls of Albany? We have a tremendous government relations team. We've made great strides in authentically engaging stakeholders, decision makers, those that are engaged on Adirondack issues because it's part of their region. But we've also done a really important job of reaching out past the normal stakeholders and really looking across the state. We really believe the Adirondack Park is a park for everybody, all New Yorkers, all visitors, for residents alike. Um, so trying to really engage in regions that typically we haven't saw or addressed or have come to as significant stakeholders has been a really critical piece this year, we're honoring the Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, Asian Legislative Caucus as a conservationist of the year. And it speaks exactly to that issue that we are really trying to show that the Adirondack Park is for all New Yorkers. And it's been a powerful message to have the caucus pick up priorities, especially around data collection, air quality collection and data has been really powerful. And I think it's a sending a strong message that the park really is for all New Yorkers and that all New Yorkers are vested and that what happens here has a larger impact across the state than we often realize, particularly when it comes to the data collection, air quality monitoring, those pieces. When you think about your fingerprint that you might have on the Adirondack Council, 
how do you imagine your leadership might be unique from someone else in the role? I always come back to the 30 years that I've spent in doing this work and the value of a handshake, what it means to be truly collaborative, respectful of differing opinions, appreciating that all stakeholders have different agendas and that for the most part, everybody has valid reasons for pursuing the agendas that they have. I learned a long time ago that part of this job is about being respectful, sitting down and authentically listening to the people that are in front of you. And that when you get to a place and can reach consensus or common ground, that you have to work twice as hard to maintain that trust and that professional courtesy that's often at, at stake. And the council has a great history of that. I look to just continue that history. Um, I think that people that have worked with me across the region, across New York, across the Northeast, know that that's where I come from. So I, I don't see much changing that way, except that people will just get to know me differently as the executive director of the council. So there's no emphasis on certain issues that you might advance more so than your predecessor or someone else uh, who might have this job? Well, you know, I have a, a parks resource management background. So managing the park is going to clearly be, you know, front and center for me. Um, I've spent a good third of my career doing open space protection. So understanding the needs that communities have um, is important to me. So really taking a different tact on what it means around community engagement and fostering vibrant communities across the region. Um, and then, you know, as a resource manager and former park ranger, preserving natural communities and wilderness character are fundamental, not just to my professional identity, but who I am as a person. And, you know, I do this job because I love the wild places that I've been fortunate to work in. The Adirondacks to me is the crown jewel of all of that. Out of all of the great landscapes that I've worked across in across the country, the Adirondacks to me captures both the aesthetic, scenic wilderness pieces that are so important and also touch on some of the most powerful, you know, cultural forces affecting those wildlands. So all of those, I think, will be issues that, you know, I step step strongly into um, in this new role. When you look back at your decade with the council, was there anything you wish they had done differently? No, I think there's no perfect way of doing this work or this job. And I think we've done the best that we could and made the best decisions around really complex, complicated issues. You know, I always say that to be really successful in this work, you have to be a pragmatic idealist. I think Willie Janeway, our former executive director, was wonderful at capturing that. The council owes a great deal of, res of respect and thanks for the work that Willie did over the years, putting and leaving the council in such a fantastic place. I just think that the things that we've done, and especially the places that have been most controversial, have been learning moments for us, are touchstones that we come back to to try and improve the way we engage, the way we communicate. So I think that, you know, I don't know of any issue where I would say, oh, we made a wrong call there. But that's not to say that there aren't ways that we look at them and say, oh, we could handle that better. We could be more explicit or more practical around the things that we're looking to do here. Um, but I think the council's, you know, part of what makes us valuable as a stakeholder is that we are able to sit down and put the resources into these complex issues and really try and find positive, collaborative um, outcomes that, that really do try and 
um, work for everybody. Well, we've been speaking with Rocky Aguirre. He's the new executive director of the Adirondack Council. Rocky, thanks again so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. David, always a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.